Oof. That reminds me. I got to send you a new version of the uh I need intro the blank. Song I need the blank file by the way. So that it doesn't uh sound so crazy and artifacted anymore. Well, yeah, I just keep overwriting and overwriting and overwriting. Yeah, you know, you can alleviate that issue by just going back to your earliest version and copy and pasting it from that one. Oh. Rather than copying and pasting off it the most off the one? most recent one. That's why it gets that way. Oh. Huh. Fun more fact you, for the all more the you listeners. Know. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but you saw a murder on the street. The the after effects. I won't repeat my comment. Yeah. There was a there was a body on the ground and people like Was there blood? Did you see a pool of blood? I didn't I couldn't I was in it, you know being you know of a different world i was in a uber x mm-hmm. you know walking you know being driven by with the window down yeah and people are running into the street running over and i'm like what why are there people crying and then i was like oh guy on the ground oh he's got a little thing he's got a little thing you, he's got you, a little thing up here um, oh will just held, held his hand up to his chest yeah was it like a was it like a spot of blood was it like a like a cheap action movie. Kind of look, yeah. It looked insane because I was like, "Is that just like one of those, like one of those exploder things?" Like you know, maybe they were filming on uh, Boardwalk Empire season six or something. I don't think so. You know, no and one was dressed in period garb. It was just a blood bag, a, a blood pack. What do they call that? A squib. Oh yeah, it, I don't think it was a squib. Maybe it say. was Tarantino's last movie. There were three filmed. different people calling for ambulances, but they were all saying, "Call a c- send a car, send a car," and I'm like, "What?" Hey, I mean, I guess if you get used to it, you just start to call that a car. You were yeah. in a different type of car. Yeah. And maybe the people involved in this incident don't often get to take private taxi services. I don't know. Like you privileged people do. I know. I'm so, I was like, oof. When they take a car, it's to the hospital. I thought it was a bus. Because they have a mortal wound. I thought, it, I thought you know, when you get... It is weird to call an ambulance a car. I mean, I it's not it's a car. I thought it's called a bus, yeah. Maybe car th- for cops? Cop cars? Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they going to do about it? The guy's already dead. Should have got there before that. Well. You know? Yeah. I also was like, I don't see anyone running away. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, It's pretty amazing that that happened in broad daylight. But that happens it, more often than yeah, you Yeah, I was think. like, it's like 5 o'clock. And the guy's like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not even 6 right now. The driver's like, my driver who lives in Jersey because he was like, yeah, I gotta, I just make all my money here and then I leave. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, we know who that guy's voting for. Anyways. He lives in North Jersey. Um, yep. Anyway. Yeah, well, that's not a nice thing to see. But, hey, it's summer in the city. That's, you know, crime ticks up. And you would be surprised how often shootings happen in broad daylight. I mean, Which I've, is wild. I've seen a lot of live leak videos. And it's not like, you know, it doesn't look like the Irishman or something. It's not cool and cinematic. People don't, like, trick people by, like, making them face the wrong way at the dining table and then sneak into the restaurant and, like shoot him in the back Piano of the head or whatever. Yeah, no, no, it's it's usually just like somebody walks up to somebody, like totally normal interaction, shoots them and walks away slowly. Wild. And yeah. the people around, you know, you would think it would be like yelling and screaming, which it eventually it becomes. Yeah. But it seems like in the videos that I've seen, most people just don't know what happened. You can't yeah. like do the math on that fast enough to really realize. And by that time, the it's assailant over, yeah. is already gone. Yeah. And then it's mayhem. Yeah, I was a little confused because, like, you know, even two blocks away, people were still, like, poking their heads out, you know, from things. But then as I slowly advanced towards Saragina and, you know, historic Bed-Stuy, people were just, like, living their best lives and walking around smiling, happy children. Well, yeah, I, w- I was walking down to the restaurant a block away from this, two blocks away maybe, yeah. and I had no indication of this. I didn't uh-huh. hear any sirens. There was no, no panic, you know. Because the sirens weren't called yet. That's how it is. Yeah. That's how it is. Mm. Well, we wish this person the best. I hope they make a swift recovery from if. their chest wound. Yeah, I'm like, Ooh. Maybe it was just a flesh wound. Maybe it was a stabbing. It was pretty solidly on the upper <laughs> right chest, so... Well, that's not smart on the assailant's part. You yeah. got to you gotta double tap them, as they say in the gaming community. I only saw one. There could have been another. Who knows? You bring them down and then right in the forehead. Also, why not just like shoot someone in the foot? Why would you do that? Just yeah. to cripple them? Yeah, why not? You, you kneecap them. Oh. That's what they do in it's the movies. Worse, yeah. Yeah, you, you totally you know, disfigure them for life. Mm. Although I suppose a shot in the foot could potentially do that too. I mean, your foot model career is Here's the thing, gone. though. You don't want to maim somebody with a high caliber weapon because then they're going to come for you. If you've gotten to the point where you're <sighs> taking the gun out to like, solve your problems, you need to do it in a way that is final. 
You know what I mean? Uh, it might have been. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, well welcome, welcome to Green and Lewis. Yeah, welcome to America <laughs> 2023. Oh, God. Ugh. What is this, San Francisco? Oh, yeah. We're just going downhill over here. Because every, every uh, you know, city is a... What was it called? Some some billionaire was recently saying, the burnt-out shell of San Francisco, and people are like, what? Well, it seems like, by all accounts, but it truly is a hell. Someone called San Francisco a war zone. Mm-hmm. That's I'm right. Like, what? War zone. That's the conservative term. Yeah, for I, I think of... I think of very expensive San Francisco as a war zone. Yes. The Castro as a war zone. A sexual war zone, absolutely. Maybe in its glory days, but it's a sexual war zone in a different way now that's much darker and a lot less fun. Oh. You there's know? no naked leather dudes walking around? I'm sure there's still some of those guys around if they can afford it. They but probably I mean, can't. They've no. driven the middle class out, so I think those guys are all gone, mm. you know? Yeah, the, they're they're in Palm Springs now. Yeah, the type of activity over there is like sex for drugs and things like that these days. No. Oh, definitely. No. Yeah. What do you think, in man? San Francisco. That's why it's a war zone. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, there's no middle class in that city, so it's all just drug addicts on the street and then tech billionaires that are swiftly leaving. Well, because they got fired. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, they don't have to go to the office anymore, so uh, well, what do we need to live there for anymore, you know? Kind of true. We don't need to put up with the fentanyl addicts if we can just live in Boise Oof. or something. You think anybody's going to Stockton, California? I wonder if, like... Where the fuck is that? It's Northern California, but it's, like, the dregs of Northern California. It's not as high up as San Francisco. It's sort of, like, in the middle. You know, there's that whole stretch between... <laughs> Well, really, between L.A. and San Francisco, there's just, like, farms and desert. Stockton is one of the towns in there. Oh. You know. Hmm. Stockton. Why do we feel like I've heard... Was something, like, filmed there or written about it? I feel like Stockton I've heard of. I'm not sure. It feels to me like the Beats would have written a novel about, you know, some sad boy thing. near, like, Big Sur or something? Probably no. no, I actually don't think so. No, I think, so. I think I think it's farther north than that. Even it's not mm. near anything. That's the whole point. That's why I'm wondering if the work from home people are like, "Hey, where's Inland Empire?" Isn't Inland Empire like in L.A.? I thought it was, you know, north of L.A. What's the, what's yeah. the closest city north of L.A. That's not Pasadena. Uh, Santa Monica. That's west. That's northwest. I don't know. Oh yeah, north. It's north, but no, like beyond there. I don't know. Castaic. That's like a small town north of L.A. I don't know if there's... Is there a major city over there? What are you talking about? I'm thinking of... I don't know. I'm thinking of a... I'm thinking of a place. Uh, We're just going to use the Google map. Just scroll along. That's Ohio. Hello. Um, Hmm. San Loopsy Boopsy, San Luis. Oh, Ab- San Luis Obispo. That's yeah. where Big Sur is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Fresno, Fresno, Ooh. California. Isn't that the cap- yeah, isn't that the capital. Uh, no. What the fuck is the capital of California? Fresno. Right? Sacramento is the capital. Oh, that's also in the middle somewhere over there. Oh, Stockton's north of San Jose. San Jose's northwest, northeast. Northeast of it. Oh, that's why I know Stockton. Okay, I thought that was by San Francisco. North of Modesto. I was thinking Stockton is on the way from Vegas to L.A. No, not at all. Oh, it's not. No. Oh wow. No. Wow. All the California heads out there are going to be really fucking mad about this conversation. Uh, yeah. You know what? Who cares? It doesn't matter. You're all going to fall into the, you know, East Coast, Beast Coast. As we say. <laughs> I mean, I wish that was wrong, but like, I don't know. The thing about over here is just all of our cities are connected, so it's not hard to remember where they are. Yeah, It's yeah. just a giant megalopolis. It's just I-95. From Boston to fucking D.C. Even above Boston. What are you talking about? It goes from like Portland, Maine to like Tampa, Florida. So, I was going to say Miami, but yeah. 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 Um, oof. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, Beast Coast. I, I did see something beastly at the coast yesterday. Um, you remember that scene in Mad Men where they are at a park having lunch? And he tosses his empty beer can into the park. Yes. And they just whip the 
the thing. Yeah, an iconic scene. They pick up the picnic blanket and they just let the With, trash yeah. fall down the hill. Yeah. Someone left all of their trash at the beach. Interesting. Uh, like a plastic bag full of ice and two Dunkin' cups that look to be filled with iced coffee. Hmm. But when I smelled it, I was like, oh, it's boozy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that explains it. They probably just forgot. No. Uh, they, they were in a hurry to get to the they bar. They came with the largest, uh, what's it called, Bluetooth speaker. And my quietude was interrupted. I then proceeded to snore loudly through most of the Bluetooth speaker mm. time. Um, but, like, I woke up and was like, oh. oh, they left all their shit. That explains it. I mean, I'm sure I've said this before, but I'm going to reiterate it again just because it's summertime and I feel like everybody needs a reminder. If you are the type of person that brings a Bluetooth speaker to the beach, shot dead. You are an animal. You should yeah. be executed like that man that Will saw on the way here. Oh, yeah. I guess I can't say shot dead is a joke. <laughs> Ugh, yes, you deserve to be put up against the wall. I'll just say that right now. Bluetooth speaker at the beach is a no-no. We do I not mean, do that in the Green and Lewis community. You're no friend of ours if you're bringing a Bluetooth. To I the mean, beach. I had to have a you know a you know a little bit of a knockdown dragout about this because it's like, no, I want to go where the people are. And I'm like, I want to go where the people aren't. Um, different beach going like vibes. Yeah, and I don't like, get why you'd want to go to where the people are. There's people everywhere else. Well, it's like, oh, it's parties, and it's like queer bodies. And I'm like, I just want quiet and less bodies. Oh, okay. And no cell service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that wrong? I guess. I don't know. Some people really thrive on the vibe of like other people being around. But the beach, is it's too vulnerable of a place. Is it? I don't like shirtless time in a crowd. That is uncomfortable to me. I think there's a lot of uh, people out there that don't mind that well, type of thing. That's because you're a pear man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, more and more true every day. Us hot, hot fuckers, you know. You I don't, don't mind it. I don't care, but I also don't want to be surrounded by people, you know. Well, yeah, no, I just think of the beach as like serene time, you know. I, I really want to get in my feelings and feel the breeze and listen to the crash of the ocean, that gentle feeling. You know, uh -huh. the the ambiance of a sky that surrounds you 360 degrees and the feeling of the, the light, you know, it's all very nice. I want to feel stoned nice. without being stoned. Yeah, that's right. I want to read a book and then have to put it down to take a very loud nap, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I Like, I don't want to be like, oh my God, hey, good to see you. I don't want to, good to see you. Anytime I run into people at the beach, I'm like, oh, I guess I have to go over there. It always feels like a very vulnerable thing, like you're mutually interrupting each other, you know? If you don't uh, plan yeah. to go to the beach with somebody, it's not a nice place to run into people. But there's so many people who, like, organize, like, oh, my God, it's 35 people on, like, three beach blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. I mean, I guess I can get down with that. I don't know. It I just really like depends. I, I, if I'm going to the beach with 35 people, it's because we all rented, like, a, a big house with a beach behind it. I don't like to go to the public beach with a large crowd of people because that's a lot of coordination to get them all there in the yeah. first place. And then you have all the different intentions of like what people like to do at the beach. Which You're dealing is with driver people, public transport people. Absolutely. It's, all, it's a fucking mess. And then if you have 35 people, of course, you know, at minimum six of them are going to want the Bluetooth speaker. And the Bluetooth speaker people are going to overpower the quiet. The chill vibe people. Yeah. People. Yeah. And then you're stuck with it. Like, get out of here. And then people like bringing like all sorts of snacks and coolers and stuff. But the problem with that is the beach just heats everything up. It's like a giant oven. So everything is immediately not nice to have. I don't want a warm beer. That's why I only bring dry snacks. Yeah. You can only have dry snacks and maybe Fruit? An, Fruit. an initial cold drink. I don't even like a cold drink. I mean, I don't know. I have my water bottle. Well, my point is that it remains cold for about 10 minutes. It was temperate. And then then you're doomed. The real thing is you order a shitload of Wendy's hmm. on the way. No. Slam it. Walk to the beach. Walk off the bloat. Jump in the water. Take a nap. Wow. I, I Hard to disagree on this one. I think maybe because I'm a pearman. Um, I prefer to save the Wendy's for the way home. Oh, it's on the way. When though. you're all sun bleached, five o'clock warm. You want to get a junior bacon cheeseburger in the car on the yeah, way home. Yeah, but on the route home, it's just a McDonald's. One of my checkers. favorite things about leaving the beach, in a car especially, is that on the ride home, everybody's tired, so there's no talking. Everyone shuts the fuck up. Oh, it's my favorite thing. And yeah. you just listen to music or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you have the windows down, and you just kind of contemplate your day. 
It's a nice feeling. It feels ancient in our phone times. Everyone's too tired to even look at the phone. Yeah. No, you're just vibing. You just kind of stare. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. And that's that's exactly when I want a QPC or a Genu Bacon Chi. Oh. You ooh. know? JB Chi. Yeah, I don't want that. I'm, I I then start thinking, oh, well, what's the afters? After the showering, what are we actually eating for food? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we've discussed this before. I mean, yeah. there's nothing like a summer day where you go to the beach all day and then you get like a nice meal. Oh, like you're like, time for sushi. For dinner. And then, you know, typically that turns into an early night because the, yeah. s- the sun really takes it out of you. Yeah, it's sun fucked. Being sun yeah. fucked is a really like, you're just like, ooh, I'm worn out. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I've been road hard and put away wet. How many times have you been to the beach this year already? Like Three. five times? Oh, okay, wow. That's a lot, though. One was, it was cold, so we just sat and ate chicken nuggies on the beach, which was fun. Yeah. One, I went by myself, took a nap on the beach, and then went, eh, it's been an hour. And now I'm in trouble, so I have to I have to leave. Um, and this time I was like, mm, I'm just going to take the loudest nap. Yeah, I mean, you really get the beach time in while you can. The thing that's crazy is I feel like that's a lot, but it's not really because we're getting deep into June already. Yeah. It's just been a pretty temperate late spring. Yeah. I feel like it's going to ramp on up and be about 90 degrees every day for, for like the foreseeable yeah. future pretty soon. I only But go- this spring has lingered in a nice fashion for a while. It's surprising. Yeah. Um, I do. I mean, I only go because I get like, you know, midweek weekend, which is the ideal time to go to the beach where you're like, it's quiet. The Bluetooth people aren't out. Yes. Like, oh, you're not going to get a firecracker. I'm like, I never want it anyway. Like, you might even still get one. I feel like those guys work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you go on a Friday. Yeah. No, even on a Tuesday. I've seen the firecracker guys on the beach when there's hardly anybody there. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Definitely. I never have cash. I've never had one. That's the problem. I never have cash either. I've had one. Um, They are not good. Yeah. But in the spirit of being at the beach... Hey, why not? And you know what? They're going to be cold too. Speaking oh, of, they are very it's cold, hard yeah. to maintain a cold beverage. Will you get one of those? And you know, I'm actually pretty sure that they don't even put any alcohol in those, or they put in very little, like just enough so that people can taste it. Because everybody talks about, oh, they get you fucked up or whatever. They don't. Well, you're also just dehydrated from yeah. sweating so hard. That, that's mean, more of know. what I think it is. I think there's also just a real desire to have them be better than they are. A firecracker at like the West Indian Day Parade, however, that might fuck your day up. Uh yeah, maybe. Depends. Maybe they make them with Everclear sometimes, and you really get just, hit. Yeah, I think it's just all yeah. I don't My know. local liquor store has Everclear, and I thought about buying it the other Why? day, and I was like, "This is not a good idea." Are because you making limoncello? I'll run out of everything else, and then be one night I'll that? be having Everclear on the rocks, and I'll never wake up again. <sighs> you can use it. I mean, you can make it make limoncello. I feel like there's no legitimate use for it. You're saying limoncello, but, like, why do you need to make that? That's a thing you can just buy, no? You get one brand usually oh. available. A lot of times it's house-made mm. at restaurants. You know what I did buy from the liquor store? I bought mm. a Japanese gin, and I made a martini with it, and it was very good. Hmm. Intrigue. Called Roku Gin. Oh, Which yeah, is yeah. hilarious because it's the same name as the TV channel. Oh, yeah, they have, the, they have uh, whiskey, too. That's really good. Um, I think it's just a generic spirits brand. I don't think it's a specialty anything. If you're making clear and brown, I don't, I'm like, eh, what are you doing? Uh, oh, that's it's true, it's I in guess. It's that hexagonal bottle, right? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. I think, th- I don't know. Not I'm, a lot of brands do both, I guess, no. now that I think about it. Do you want, you know, Jack Daniel's gin? Ew. I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. It's going to no. be flavored with some, you know, Tennessee honey or whatever the fuck. You know, it was Father's Day yesterday, yeah. and uh, for Father's Day, I bought Ron a bottle of Buffalo Trace uh, whiskey, and I Does ordered he, like, it. It's not special because it doesn't have a stupid name, or well, no, it is special. But I, you know, I ordered it a while ago, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. just from some generic like Bourbon dot com or some shit like that. It's hard Bourbon dot com. Yeah, but here is the thing: like, what? Originally, I resorted to like Amazon and stuff like this, but you can't order alcohol on there, which I didn't no. know. Yeah. And it's actually kind of hard to find websites that you can. I mean, only certain mm. ones can do it because I guess you're not allowed to mail it. So they must yeah. have, a ha- have to have a certain kind of license. It has to be a distribu- distributor that's national or partners with, you know, sourcing in the state that it's from. Well, there you go. So yeah. I found, again, like bourbon.com. Literally, yeah. it was something like that. And I ordered this for him and I sent it to him. And I knew that for Father's Day, he was going to be in Las Vegas visiting my sister. And... 
So I get the UPS notification that this thing arrives at Ron's house, and I never heard anything from him. And I was like, well, I know he's leaving for Vegas soon. Like, maybe somebody else received it, and he'll get it when he gets back. And then yesterday, I'm talking to him on the phone. He's still in Vegas. And I'm like, so did you get my gift? And he's like, oh, so you're who it's from. I had filled out my name and everything on there, not to, like, present with a card or anything yeah. for Father's Day, but I had to, like, for enter shipping, all that yeah, information yeah. in. And they d- they didn't put it on the box anywhere. Oh. So he had no idea who it was from. And even though I knew it had, had arrived, I didn't say anything. I didn't, you know, in case someone wanna, else yeah. was saving it for him, I didn't want to spoil what it was. But so Ron has had my Father's Day gift for a week now, and he just thought he'd, he'd been trying to solve the puzzle of the Buffalo Trace for more than a week just trying to figure out who had sent it to him. And it was... A, a layer of confusion was added because my cousin Matt, who's his fellow bourbon collector uh-huh. aficionado, had just recently brought him back a, a bottle of Buffalo Trace from the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky at my father's request. Oh, because it's hard to get in Ohio, I guess. I it's everywhere here. I didn't like, know that we can get it. Uh, whatever. But okay. much like many of these bourbons, it's hard to get some in some states and some in other states. So he had just gotten one from Matt. And then he thought, oh, maybe Matt just sent me another one for some reason. Oh. He asked Matt. Matt denied it. And he was like, okay, I wonder who it could be. He started asking his golf buddies because he'd d- done somebody a favor recently. Oh, and they all yeah. were like, no, it wasn't me. Then he thought, okay, well, I enter like lotteries to win bourbon, rare bourbons from time to time. Buffalo Trace is not rare. So ma- and it's not. So maybe I won a lottery and like didn't know it. So he'd been racking his brain over this. And not just... And I, I got think, a Father's Day gift. Yeah, I think I've been such an institutionally uh, like bad son in my <laughs> legacy well, that he's like he would never get me a gift. He would never plan ahead <laughs> that it arrives early. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your gift is going to be late, by the way. Oh, that's okay. Amazing. Did you see my hat that I got for my birthday? My duck hat. Yeah, or my told, crab I was, hat. I was asked, "Did you order this already?" And I said, "No." No, I was really excited. I've been thinking about the the Duck Campco blue crab hat for yeah. years and years and just never pulled the trigger on it, and now I have it. I, I mean, I saw a vintage uh, Phoenix Suns hat that I almost mm. got. Um, <clears throat> for yourself? That no, seems. For y- oh, I would love that, but that seems kind of up your alley, too. Vintage Phoenix Suns colors are amazing. Yeah, they're great. W- Magenta, I, I green, orange. I sport hat. You know? Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't yeah, do that. No. I, found a, I found a better option, but I have to go when they're open, so... You know, I feel like a bit of a poser wearing basketball hats specifically because yeah. I've never been a basketball guy. But 1990s basketball teams have the sickest color schemes for sure. Duh. My favorite, if you're ever looking again for a future gift, is uh, late 90s, early 2000s Toronto Raptors. Ugh, gross. I would never. Cause Black, I purple, and pink. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't get it. I I'll give you a Florida Marlins because I love that teal. I had a Florida Marlin, Marlins batting helmet when I was a kid. Uh, I think it was a real low moment in my dad's life. It was when I was mostly most into baseball, and I was pretty good. So I went to one of those like batting cage guess your speed things, or maybe it was like guess your speed pitching. You know what I'm talking about? Do you remember those from not, carnivals? No, not at all. What, so you can probably guess what it is, but you would throw the ball, and then you would guess how hard you threw it. And I guessed correctly so i got to pick a helmet and rather than pick my home team of course the cleveland indians back in those days mm. now guardians i picked the florida marlins because i thought the teal helmet with the fish on it was way no cooler. shit it is way cooler <laughs> well i got one that'll blow your mind this is my other favorite and i used to have a hat like this growing up too but the tampa bay devil rays also sick from the late 90s the rainbow that had devil a rainbow Ray yeah mm-hmm. on a black hat mm-hmm. so sick sometimes the hat had a purple brim Black hat, rainbow, yeah, ray, yeah. purple brim. So cool. All the expansion teams in the 90s were the best. Colorado Rockies were good. Uh, Arizona I, Diamondbacks were pretty sick. I do like, oddly, the Oakland Athletics. Like, that yellow, like, shitty, like, the piss yellow and, like, puce green, Kelly green together. Oh, yeah. It is kind of nice. It is kind of nice. I think you'd probably want, like, athletics stuff from the 70s or 80s. Yeah. If you looked into that, I bet you'd get some 70s Baseball stuff is also really cool. I know. Yeah. Houston Astros from the 70s, Ooh, like baby. the Nolan Ryan era. Yeah. Where they, speaking of Nolan, they were basically like yellow, black, orange, and white Chevron uniforms. Ooh, baby. Very cool. That would look good on you, actually. Like a baseball shirt. Maybe for like an over shirt for the beach. What? You know? 
I'm not saying like wear it around. I'm oh, not I saying wear it with good, your like, high pants and your loafers to the I think, Hamptons. I, uh, no, I think that would be a good like wear to the gay bar. Mm-hmm. People yeah. would be like, what? I'd be like, I don't know, it's sick. Yeah. I watched, so I was out until three in the morning on Saturday. Ooh. Didn't feel like it because we were watching. We were watching. It was really just like a people watching extravaganza all night. Great. But, you know, when you're on the Lower East Side at a wine bar and you're like, are there children coming here just because they're not carding, which is maybe the thing. Like, then why you kids were going on, like, weird dates and we were hearing every Becky and Ryan, you know, on their first or second, third, you know. Oh, my God, I made it. Why are you nervous? Uh. Um, And then watching, like, idiots in polos walk down Stanton, which I'm like, polos down here? Are you lost, child? Have you gone astray? How did you get here? You know, like, Murray Hill is so far away. Oh, they're all over the place now. I know. They've taken over. I was like, Hotel Chantel, right right that way. Um, But, ooh, when you got lesbians doing cocaine at a gay bar at, you know, one in the morning, only chaos can ensue. It's wild. Yeah, what were they, what, I mean, what were they up to? They were just running around with their little, their gay friends. Just, again, cocaine. We watched a four-person Pile up, make out in the DJ booth. Oh my god! I was like, "What the fuck is going?" It was like prime people watching. I was like, "Everyone's messy. This yeah. is great." Well, geez, I mean, I I can't, I don't have the stamina anymore to like be enthusiastic about anything after eleven p.m. But if it was that exciting, I mean, people watching drunk people like during Pride Month. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's going to be an extravagant. I was like, oh. I was like, eh, we'll go for one. And I was like, honestly, this is hilarious. Let's, we have to keep watching. I saw a hilarious AI generated image of Donald Trump with like the lesbian haircut. Which lesbian haircut is the question? Like uh, the basically side, the, the high and tight with the shaved, yeah, with the oh, shaved with the sides swoop, with yeah. like a swoop and a design in it. And yeah, you know, he, the, he, Te- the Tegan and Sarah special. He matches the, the aesthetic. Oh. He looks the part. I got to tell you. In like Missouri, he does look like a Missouri lesbian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, this is my partner, Brenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if they say partner. Do they? In Missouri? Like, I feel like a Missouri lesbian like that still has a husband. No, I think it's this is my wife, Brenda. Wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, do you want to fight about it? I don't know. I mean, hmm. I don't know. I was very entertained. It, I was like, hmm. We could go home, but this is this is getting wild. Do you see this over here? You know, and you're like, oh shit, it's three in the morning. Fuck, we gotta go home. You know, speaking of the bros and the polos, we were in Chelsea the other day, mm-hmm. and there was a pack of bros and polos a- in front of us. And I made a comment like, wow, all of those guys look the same because they do. They have the exact same shorts, shoes. Tad, Todd, and Steve. Yeah, yeah, and the exact same like polo, just slightly different colors of each thing, oh, but yeah. essentially the same. And then there's course the one guy that has his sunglasses on the back of his head <gasps> and then the other three that have them on the front of their head God. and of course the guy with the one on the back of his head's like we got to go to the bars dude we, come on let's just go to the bar this is like at 3 p.m yeah of course yeah um and i said wow th- those guys are really out in force and they all look the same and goes, yeah they're uh nantucket nectarines and she just invented that off the top of her head and she goes i don't mean that in a mean way and i was like that is mean and I love it. And she's like, I didn't mean it for it to sound fruity or anything. And I was like, it does. And that's great. That's perfect. Fruity? Like as in gay? Yeah, fruity? yeah, yeah. Nantucket nectars. I mean, that's also that iced tea drink from the 90s. Oh, yeah. The not Snapple thing. Yeah. I loved those things. Those are so much better. I Those were my treat after going to get braces. Nantucket nectar. Yeah. yeah. Man, back in the early aughts when I thought those were healthy. Oh, they were not. I would slam those. You those know? I would get with. Uh, so I would go get my braces adjusted and then we'd go to Brugger's Bagels. And they that was the only place that had Nantucket nectar. Oh, man. The kiwi strawberry Nantucket nectar Ew, was so that's good. disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. But at the time, I loved it. Ugh. Or maybe, you know what, it was like pear and something else. It was like a red pear. There was pear a pear thing, yeah, yeah. That was so good. Like a prickly pear situation? Yeah, but it has m- more sugar in it. Oh, yeah. You know. Enough than sugar to bring down a horse. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Yes, I used to get Yes, I used to get those from Brugger's Bagels as well. Oh, yeah. 
man. Oh. man. I would take me back. Take me back to the time when I didn't know about health. And didn't I just know about didn't health have or good bagels, it. honestly. When yeah. I wasn't a snob, wait, I'd have to be four. I mean, I told you about the bagel incident when I was living in Ohio. They were like, we're going to take you to the best bagel in Cleveland. Like, you're going to love it. And I was like, I'm not going to love it. I mean, preemptively, I was like, there's no way it's oh, any good. Boy. And then we got there and I had one and I was like, yeah, this is bread. This is not a bagel. Where was it? This is bread. I forget. Some hipster ass place. Oh, yeah. you know. Oh. It wasn't in, it it was weird cuz it's was like Was it in like Ohio City? No, it wasn't. It's like kind of uh jeez, nearer to University Circle but not in it, like in that dead zone between Cleveland Heights? No, in that dead zone between downtown and like the colleges. Oh, on, oh, on like Euclid Avenue where there's just yeah. like nothing. It's and, burned out as shit. Yeah. yeah, there's like a sign shop in a strip mall yeah. across the street and then there's that place and then there's nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know where the um dodd camera is but it was like near there Mm -mm. anyways yeah we like went out of our way for it is what i'm saying it wasn't in like a neighborhood that was easy to access and they're only open till 1 p.m and everybody lines up you know out the door for it or whatever and then it was just bread it was just bread in a circle form i would be so mad i mean it wasn't like the worst thing i've ever had it was eatable yeah i mean bread is not bad no all bread is good but not a bagel though not even close I mean, you're in the land of Schwabels, you know? It's literally the land of white bread. Sugar white bread. Yeah. And they're like, we've never heard of Japanese bread. And you're like, you eat the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And they're like, oh, but it's not sliced. I'm like, do you have a knife? <laughs> you could have the same thing, and it's a little better. Yeah. It won't be shelf-stable in 30 years, but I had this conversation about Crisco. What about Crisco? Like, in other countries, it's illegal. Really? Is it a carcinogen? I mean, it's shelf-stable fat. Like, how is that possible? Like, in Germany, they're like, no. Um, we were talking about it because it was being sold at uh, Folsom in Germany for... Oh, as a lubricant? Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. But that's... I, I mean, I think that's probably the only, like, legal thing that is healthy. Um, but you can't, like... eat Cooking anything is, in, is fully insane. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I've seen Crisco. Like, why would you use it? I mean, is what I don't understand. Like, shortening does a really good job of browning things because it just it dissolves. Yeah, but into there's nothing. plenty of other things that well, we can have oil fulfill you know, that yeah, function. We have lots yeah. of good oils readily available, but you know, America in the you know fifties was like shelf stable. Put it in your bunker because you're going to be frying chicken in the apocalypse. That's true. I mean, we you know in America we would be. Yeah, we would. Yeah. The number one thing you got to figure out after the nuke hits is, you know, where am I getting some KFC? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, I've noticed in my new neighborhood that there is an abundance of old fallout shelter signs. I mean, truly, they're all around New York anyway. It's not like I didn't notice them before. All the schools in brooklyn yeah our fallout shelters so yes but i'm also talking about a lot of private residences they have them oh, well nice. i think a lot of places used to have them i think it, i learned later after looking into this a little bit that at some point in time any building over a certain occupancy with a basement was like required to outfit it oh during the cold war huh so the signs are just Everywhere, residual yeah. and i think in my neighborhood the signs last because the the buildings are older and have tended to have like legacy owners oh, for longer. Yeah, yeah. They don't get sold to we developers. We have them all over here too. There, there's yeah. some. There's some here too. But I wonder. I think like in Bed you would not be required because a brownstone is not big enough to require you to have one. Uh no. I mean, you see them on like housing developments, but also all the like big, you know, tall buildings that are in the middle of blocks. Yeah, yeah. All are fallout shelters, like the white building, half a block that way. Right. is a, Has the little, like, nuclear... Something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Like, one every one every other two blocks or whatever right. has it. I just think they're cool. I mean, I want to collect the signs. It's a funny concept at all, especially in a major city. You're like, wow. yeah, going down in the... Ba- this isn't like a tornado. Yeah. We're not in Oklahoma here. This isn't like an F3. You're not just going to, like, videotape it for a second, and then the power goes out, and a day later you've survived yeah like the idea of just going into a a basement and you know 30 thermonuclear weapons like 
hit or, the city. Or hoping that like six floors above you are stable. Well, right. I mean, or if they collapse, that the basement's somehow going to save you. I mean, maybe that was part of the outfitting, putting like steel beams. Sure. But yeah. You know, we know that jet fuel doesn't melt those. So I was waiting for that joke. Okay. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Hilarious concept. But I wonder how functional they would still be, you know? Hmm. Unknown. Probably not functional at all. I mean, do, do people still have bar- barrels of Crisco down there? I mean, what are we going to do? Honestly, Even if you got going down into there, a dark room that has barrels of Crisco mm, doesn't sound a, out of place here. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we call that the cock, but... Yeah, you know. we call that 3 a.m. during Pride. <laughs> um... Ugh. Again, happy Pride to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dyke March is soon. Go ahead, support the support the ladies. Oh, they have their own thing. Yeah, I didn't know that. I always thought it was on a Friday. I was proven wrong, but you know, hmm. I have a controversial question. A lot of editing for you in this one, but well, it's going to be a lot of work for me. Okay. Um, yeah, I always wanted to be a piccolo player. I always liked uh, the more. Oh, you like those uh, those skinny metals? I liked the obscure like the... instruments. It's not really that obscure. It's just a small flute. Well, it was pretty obscure because you'd when be I... used to be playing a small flute, though. Oh. See, you left the window open so I could do it. Um... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um... Yeah. When I was in high school, you could either play in band or orchestra. They were separate things, oh. which I always resented. Because in a true orchestra, it's all manner of instruments. Yeah. You know? The stringed instruments and the the woodwinds and the uh, brass instruments are all in the same thing, which they should be. That's what an orchestra is. But in ours, it was different. Hmm. Band, so woodwinds... Band was just like horns. Brass and and drums were separate from strings, which was called orchestra. So Uh, I ended up being in orchestra and playing the cello. Oh. But... I always wanted to be in band. The reason I didn't go for it is that you had to play the flute if you wanted to be in the high-pitched woodwinds. They did not oh. let you play piccolo huh. in high school. They said piccolo is too advanced for young minds, and you have to wait until you graduate from flute to piccolo. Oh. And I said, I don't have the uh, patience to take on this challenge and wait like four years to eventually play the piccolo, so I'll take the cello instead. That seems harder. And, and that's a string instrument. There was the additional element of only chicks played the flute. So to be a male flautist. You suck dick. Was a little yeah. fruity. It was a little Nantucket nectar. That was very nectar. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I didn't want to do that. But I, always, I either wanted to play that or the harp. Both of which are a little nectar. A little? But. A little. They also would The harp. They wouldn't Have let... you ever met a man harpist? <laughs> no. I've never seen a male harpist. No, me neither. <coughs> they must exist. They must be out there, but I've never seen one. I've never seen, in any s- popular media or Joanna Newsom media, I've never seen any male harpists. No. But yeah. Because that... the lyre is a female instrument. You hold it against your bosom and then... That's it. true, but I wanted to play the giant harp, you know? The one that you kind of have to straddle. And uh, Again, a very female-based yeah, thing. That's true, you know? How do they do that with a dress on? Like, in other words, when you're dressed formally for your performance, you can't exactly straddle a harp. Yeah, you can. It's a lo- it's a floor-length, you know, dress. I guess so, yeah. It seems uncomfortable. Or you're going to accidentally give them a shot of your own harp. In the... F- on the f- Anyway, what I'm saying is that I wasn't allowed work. to play that instrument either. Oh, that okay. was too advanced. They said you can't do the harp. I think mostly because that's a hard thing to move around. They don't I don't think school high schools have harps. No, they didn't provide instruments anyway. Oh. You what? had to rent these things. The oh. cello that I had through my whole uh brief musical career was rented from an outside source. Oh. I mean I took it home with me and stuff. It's like a long term yeah, yeah. rental, but no, they didn't provide them to Oh, you. what the fuck? No. Oh. You had to have resources to be in the music trade. Well, back yeah, then. yeah. That's why you know a lot of like Stradivariuses are lent by rich people. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. And then there's there there was a spate of like lawsuits like five six years ago of people being like, no, it's mine. I I make the music for it. So and I pay. You know, even though someone lent me whatever to rent it or whatever, I've played. I've paid for you know the rental after that. So it's mine, and then the person who initially put up the upfront cost, the initial rich person, like, I'm trying to sell it at auction. 
Wow. So they were trying to do like a rent to own thing yeah. without having that in their contract. They're like, yeah. I've paid off the value of this, therefore it belongs. Well, you should have writ- you should have yeah. had that drawn up. I'm not sympathetic to the musician in that well, case. Well, I mean, it's very like, you know, it's art world, you know, loaning problems and stuff like that. You know, it was a long term loan. Oh, what do you mean? You're taking it back. This is now a, a tourist draw for our regional museum. You're, what do you mean you're selling it at Christie's? Yeah, well, too bad. Hey, you guys should have gotten it in the contract, rent to own. Yeah, well, you know, they should have had f- uh, first right of ref- first right of refusal. What's yeah, 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 right of first refusal yeah. on the sale. Yeah, that that's the other thing. There's a lot of ways this could have gone. But oh, it yeah. sounds like they just didn't think it through. Sorry, I mean, they don't know. They're 23 and they're a prodigy, and they're like, I don't know law. You'd think if you were that successful. As like a prodigy. At 23, though, do you care about law? No. But yeah. but if you were that successful as a prodigy musician, you would be able to finance your own at that point. No, it's still gifted. People are like, and you're so excited to play it. You know, it's when you're young and have excitement about the thing that you do and you're not jaded and cynical and, you know, ready to throw in the towel at every... No, you know? no. What I mean is at the point when your benefactor now wants to sell it, oh. why can't you just go get your own? At that point, I get that they're expensive, they're but they're not that expensive. But also, you spend so much time with the thing, like it's an extension of you. Yeah, I know, and they're all unique and blah blah blah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know what? No one else can tell the difference. Get over it. Yeah, I know. Well, Just get the plastic one from Star Trek Nemesis. What? Or maybe I'm thinking of Starship Troopers. I am thinking <laughs> of Star oh, Starship boy. Troopers. Yeah, there's a plastic violin that they play in the barracks in that movie that's supposed to look futuristic. Oh, like a. It's like a transparent green plastic. Oof. There's a guitar company that makes plastic back guitars, and they are the ugliest motherfucking things in the entire world. I'm, cer- I'm sure they sound like shit, too. I mean, there's no way that a not wood instrument has the same like depth and quality. It's like designed to be light Yeah. for the old people playing at church or whatever. Oh, I see. But, like, and they're all, like, electric, like, you know... Whatever, ele- electroacoustic. And I'm like, oh, and it's still plastic. And you're trying to like s- be seated playing it, and it just slides down your body. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're like, no, it's for singing, you know, playing it, standing up, worshiping God. And you're like, oh, not for me. Someone should do like a mayonnaise guitar player painting, but with the, the plastic body and like. With a songbird? Yeah, oh, like an old boomer struggling to stay awake. I mean, well, yeah, that's a free suggestion for some Kehinde Wiley type painter out there. Oh, speaking of, let's talk about the Hill Art Foundation. Walk me through the show. Oh, yeah. okay. I went and saw shows on my birthday and I wanted to see the David Sally curated show. Uh, Something like beautiful, vivid. My Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy. Yeah, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, curated by David Sally at the mm. Hill Art Foundation. Um, I mean, listen, it was okay, but it was not the best thing I saw that day. There was just good art in it, but it's not that good of a show. And the Hill Art Foundation is a really weird gallery space. Yeah, it's not great. Um, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of going to like a casino art gallery where there's like a lot of floating walls and a Kigoshin lot of windows. At the wind? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, this space is not right for this, but okay. I mean, I'll take it. I mean, his taste as a curator is pretty good. Huh. I think he was just curating stuff, like, from these collectors' collections. Oh, probably. You know, the yeah. Hill Art Foundation's a big, giant tax write-off. Yeah. But it was one of those shows I always appreciate where there was a mix of what different... Was it Tomlinson Hill? I'm not sure mm-hmm. who the collectors are. Yeah. But it was a mix of different eras. Like, it was mostly contemporary and modern art, but there was a nice, uh, you know, there was, like, artists I didn't even know, but, like, 19th, 17th to 19th century, like, painting and sculpture mixed in there, too. Mm -hmm. A giant stained glass window that was right across the street from David Sally's own painting, which I thought was a little self-aggrandizing. But the contrast was nice. Um trying to think a francis bacon painting mm. that i actually didn't hate it was like a very simple we don't get to see that many of them in the states you know a, f- a very simple francis bacon that i was like okay i can get down with this a nice de Kooning, um a nice charlene von heil mm-hmm. um 
From what era? Recent. Mm. A lot of the contemporary art was from the last couple of years. I think because he could get his hands on it from yeah. his friends yeah, fairly course, easily, yeah. and they were like, we want people to buy our new stuff. Well, they were like, oh, we just bought it. We got to pump up the vol- the value of it by There was it. an Amy yeah. Silman in it that I mistaked for a Patri- Patricia Tribe, which is not good. For either. Well, it's fine for PT, but. Yeah, but the other way around was a serious great, disappointment. Yeah. yeah. She, her work's kind of bad. Yeah, it I fell know. off real hard. It did. Um, this is the thing, too, is if you don't take the walk sheet with you, one thing I do appreciate is that they don't put any labels on anything. <gasps> Love it. So it's kind of <clears> nice <throat> in that sense, but it's also kind of a fun guessing game. If you don't immediately recognize it, you're like, is that? Who is that? Like, there was a fake Peter Doig painting in there that's just by, like, some other guy, but I was like, come on, really? Oh, it's like a painting yeah. from 2022. That's like... Is it a little faggy or no? No. It's just a dead... It's like a man standing in a canoe painted on like black canvas in like a washy That's a Peter Doig. And I was like, this has got to be like a small Peter Doig study and then it's just somebody else. Oh, God. Please don't do that. I don't know. There was a nice Cy Twombly in it. There was a nice de Kooning. There was a nice... um, What? Picasso. You know. Mm. An uncancelable Picasso? Apparently. I don't Mm, know. Whatever. Um, yeah, no. but it, it wasn't much to speak of. It's funny because I was we were just doing all of Chelsea since we were in that neighborhood, and I had actually totally forgotten by the time we got to that block that the Hill Art Foundation was there and that this was my whole intention for the week. Oh, yeah. So we actually got three <clears throat> blocks farther, and then I was like, oh, wait. We I wanted to show see that David Sally show, and by the time I went back to it, I was kind of like, yeah, it's fine. I was telling you earlier, my favorite thing that I saw by far was the Lee Friedlander show yeah. curated by Joel Cohen. Um, I like Lee Friedlander anyway, but I particularly liked that show because it was organized uh, organized very well. Like for, you know, not that a film director wouldn't have a good eye, but for like, as far as I know, a first curatorial effort, I was like, oh, this is this is nice. This is the kind of show I can appreciate. Everything, every wall was clearly organized by a certain like mm. theme, uh, whether it was a compositional device or a certain subject matter or whatever. And he mostly avoided his iconic like selfie style work. You know, oh, Lee Friedlander's yeah. known for taking his own reflection and shadows yeah. and things. There was a there was a small wall of those maybe four or five of them but the rest of the show was other things Mm -hmm. like for example one of the walls was just compositions with something dividing the center of it which i was like very cohen-y i didn't even know this was a thing running through lee friedlander's work but some of the photographs were just incredible another wall was like pictures of tvs that were on oh so like you know they were they were nice they they felt like minor lee friedlanders but someone with a good eye that like picked Pick the good a ones, nice yeah. assembly yeah. of these <clears throat> things and uh i was telling you that i really appreciated it too because it's one of the only art shows i can remember registering where everyone in there was like spending a lot of time with it and i was thinking that it's just because there is a lot to look at in friedlander photographs there absolutely There's a is. lot of like detail in the frame well and i think like a well-taken street photograph is really appealing to a general audience right now because what does everybody do Instagram, I mean, but try yeah. to take a well-assembled, like, street-style photograph? So when you get ones that, that are very, very good and very artful, and especially because they have the retro quality of being from the 20th century, the aesthetics of all the people in them is different and interesting, right, right, right. all the signage and stuff, people really, like, investigate them and take their time with them, yeah. which I can't remember an art show I've been to where people are, like, spending time dwelling on it yeah. talking about it with each other it was it was kind of nice to see mm. i really liked that um the luke toyman show was okay too again uh, you didn't see the Chris show that i saw so. i did not yeah that was at what dia yeah i see i have a soft spot for homegirl you know she's a little weirdo speaking of lesbians she apparently had a i'm making scissoring motions with my hands with um agnes martin Really? Yeah, when they were in Coney Slip. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, you know, th- they refinished the, the gates to Times Square or whatever, which I was like, uh, it doesn't look that good. Like, you know, a lot of her work is kind of bad. But I, I don't mind a lot of it, oddly, because it, it does this, like, progressive thing with neon, and you're like, oh, you know what? That is, like, an interesting idea of, like, layering, you know, 
light visuals, which now we deal with all the time, like widget wise and layered screens and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, you know, it anticipates a lot of viewing habits, but just like with the schlockiest shit. And there was a bunch of old work, like print, like silk screens and stuff like that, that I was like, this is actually really interesting. It's kind of like Bad Warhol. But, like, you know, like, there's some interesting, like, moves on it that you see in the neon. Yeah, interesting. Of, like, focusing on certain parts of, like, typography, which I like a lot, you know, like, of thinking about, like, isolating certain parts of signage. I'm like, oh, I get down with that. Yeah, yeah. Krista, to me, was always a little opaque. Like, I feel like I just don't get it, even though the things are appealing. Yeah. There's that quality that's a little distracting to me where everything feels like Asian characters. Oh, that was a particular series. Oh, okay, okay. That that one, that's that cityscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, I love walking through Chinatown because I get, get my stuff made there. And you're like, oh. Yeah, nothing about the appropriative like quality of it bothers me or anything. It's more just that it's like distracting like you're looking at something that you can't read. Yeah, you're looking at rather Tokyo, than looking circa at forms yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's a little frustrating to be like, I, I know I'm missing a lot about this yeah. somehow, or I assume that I am. I don't know. There's a really great like ampersand series, which you know I love an ampersand. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, this is actually really kind of good. Like, you know, I I like what's going on here, but it's not it's not thinker work. You're just like, eh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of what else I saw. Oh, you the didn't jo- see Jonathan last. I did see oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, I did not think I it was very bad. good at yeah. all. No. Um, the drawings were good in the background. I I agree a hundred percent. His drawings are almost always better to me at this point. That's where the paintings come from, anyway. It's like we don't need these. Well, I'm not actually sure about that anymore because my understanding of his process, uh, this is like from a YouTube video from ten years ago, but that he, normally he would make like a postcard size drawing, yeah, and then blow it up to like twenty two by thirty, and then blow it up again into the painting. And the successive translation of, like, basically pen and marker marks would be made into this, like, really visceral slow, material, yeah, yeah. slow thing. But I don't even really think he's doing think that, that anymore. Yeah, the, no. the drawings were disconnected from the paintings. Everything seemed a little arbitrary. I don't like him dealing with big open forms. Like, I'm more... A lot of his paintings in this show were, like, flat areas of overlapping color. Yeah. Done with, like, a little bit of relief texture. It was little Scott Richter. Uh, yeah, sort of. Like, ch- let me show you how chonky these layers can be piled up. Which I didn't have like, a problem uh... with the tactility of it or anything. It's more just like I think his paintings are more dynamic and interesting when they're involved in line. Yeah. And, like, the overlap and the 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 different things you can do with paint when lines intersect. I just thought a lot of them looked like his signature or his initials. They were all just JLs. JL, a lot JL, of them JL, were. JL, a lot of like, them were that. Who cares? Like... No, which is fine. I mean, whatever device you need to make a painting, it's just like, you know, if the color schemes are going to be all kind of the same and all not really that good. Pastel Easter Paz colors, you know? Yeah. They just weren't very inventive to me. I felt like they were phoned in big time. And he can be a good painter. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody else recently about, no, he can be, about um, this kind of conundrum where artists that you would expect that are really prominent names to have like big retrospectives painters specifically yeah that are not getting them mm-hmm. and like the generation of artists from the 80s and 90s is a good example because they're all getting kind of old now yeah and i would expect like you know similar not not like a double museum show but similar to like the comprehensive retrospective that jasper johns just had like where's the where's the david sally one where's the jonathan lasker one where's the even Julian Schnabel. Like, I was going to say, why hasn't the Met put on a Schnabel show? These people that are like real outsized figures in the world of <laughs> painting that are late in their careers now that have like a giant body of work. Why are they doing this? And this was a coworker of mine. He brought up a really good point that I think explains all of it, which is just that contemporary art, weirdly, is more valuable than a lot of modern art in a lot of cases and a lot of even older art in yeah. a lot of cases. So the proposition of putting on a show like that from an insurance perspective is is not viable. Unholy, yeah. And then, you know, as we were having this conversation, I kind of added to that, because I do think that explains a lot of this, Well, that it's interesting because when you think about somebody like Johns who just had a pretty comprehensive retrospective where almost every painting he ever made was in that. I mean, minus a few dozen. 
I mean, I have those, uh, you know. He's got so much. Not really. Yeah. I have those books on my shelf. I mean, three quarters of his catalog resume was in that show, yeah. painting-wise. Painting. Not, not including print, yeah. drawings and prints and stuff like yeah. that. I'm talking about paintings. Three quarters of his entire output was that show. Mm. Could you do that with somebody who has been successful since they were in their early 20s, who has been under a bull market? In terms of art the entire time. Because John's was also successful in his early 20s, but he was never under as much pressure to make as much. Yeah, that's true. These people like Jonathan Lasker, I mean, like every time fill... they have an idea, they make a series of 35 paintings. Yeah, It's not like, you know, if you had to fill Leo, like Castelli. That's like nine eight. paintings. I was yeah. going to say eight, yeah. And even that, like, no, we've seen full shows where it's... Fu- uh, because two rooms were reproductions, so like that one room at the Whitney was like what six works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whole shows would be like six to eight. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, like their dumbest possible idea gets a full suite of thirty things and has to fill Gagosian. Yeah, and they make all of those things, and then all of those things sell for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then in two years they're worth one point two million dollars. Yeah. So not only can you not, like, borrow all that stuff, could you even really put a show like that on in yeah. terms of, like, showing the depth and breadth of their work? Like, not really. Yeah. You would dominate it with, like, early and mid-career work that is iconic. And then as it got into late career, you'd have one room that represented, like, 0.125% of, of their entire output. output. Yeah. It would make no sense to do it. Like, they kind of can't do it. For all these logistical reasons, and it made sense to me. I was like, oh, yeah, this is weird. This is going to warp the history of art going forward as much as anybody cares. In terms cares. of blockbuster shows that yeah. change thought p- products or yeah, institutions processes. or canon or whatever's yeah. left of those ideas, like you can't really do that anymore. I mean, yeah. you, you would have to devote as much space as Jasper Johns got, which nobody's going to get. I mean, two entire museums essentially nobody's gonna get that yeah but like even if you did that for one of these people you could cover a third of their career with that amount of space it doesn't make any sense and then you couldn't do it because it would cost too much to put it on people wouldn't loan to you yeah the the museums themselves wouldn't be able to insure it oh you mean the freeports wouldn't take it out of storage no Mm -hmm. i don't think people would yeah so I don't know. That's kind of a fa- that's kind of a fascinating thing I've been dwelling on. I'm like, hmm, a lot of these people from the eighties, they're not getting their shine. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if like a David Reed is going to be insured at a rate that's obscene. David Reed could have it happen, but he's not achieved for whatever reason. He has not achieved the same level of prominence. Guy? He shows a Gagosian. Really? Yeah, but that's a relatively recent thing. And he's one of the rare examples where he doesn't make a lot of work because his work is so labor-intensive that, like, maybe you actually could put on a comprehensive thing. Yeah. But the problem with him is, like, as much as I like David Reed, his paintings are kind of samey. I mean, there would be real yeah. no real advantage to seeing his entire career. There'd be yeah. minute shifts, but yeah. it would be more like seeing a show of a minimalist or something yeah. where you're like, I kind of get it. Like, the judge show, you're like, all right. That the boxes so just bad. go on yeah. and on and on and on. It's not well served by seeing a lot of it at once. It's better served as a as a rarity. I mean, the reason why the judge show failed is because nothing came from Marfa. I mean, the thing I is, Judd has a permanent retrospective at a site of his choosing. At, you know? And also at 101 Spring. Like, I mean, whatever. Yeah. The only exception to this that I can think of who's been getting a lot of play in recent days, but mostly in Europe, is Peter Halley. He keeps having a lot of like little surveys of his yeah. work from the eighties that actually like look really good. They're really good, but they're mostly at private institutions. My, you know, my favorite thing about going to Mary Boone was that there was always uh, an orange cell painting in the director's in office. In the office, yeah. It oh, what was his name? Poor guy got caught in the crossfire. Right. Um. But like that guy always was like, "No, this one stays here. This is my prison, so I have this prison behind me." Yeah. And yeah, was, that guy you, looked like he was desperate to have a, a red blood stain at, at, on the center of his chest. He was just waiting for it. And then, you know what? It turns out that the courts gave it to him, probably. I mean, I don't know. Or it was like, you know, someone gave him a sock, not to be millennial, Do- you know, Harry Potter, but Dobby was finally free at mm-hmm. that point. He's like, I got the indictment. I'm free. Yep. Someone like, buried him in the sand shallowly so the animals could find him. I think he's still alive. Hopefully, that guy just retired. That poor guy. I I know he looked so sad. He, 
Ron. <laughs> it was, his name was Ron. Oh, um, wow. His name was Ron. Yeah, yeah, Um Ron looked harried every single time. <laughs> every every now and then you'd see him look up and you're like, he's like, no. Kill me. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he's like, put me out of my misery. That's like a Gaussian space now, right? Pretty sure it is. I think they bought it because they had that Helen Frankenthaler show there not that long ago. Helen Frankenthaler? Yeah. I think they just. I don't walk down 24th. They just scooped that right up. I I go to Chelsea, hit my things. I mostly get to like 22nd, and then I'm like, Uh, I'm good. Yeah. If I have to cross 23rd, I'm like, for what? I'll go to GN. David Swerner's down there. That's why. Yeah, on 21st. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I stay south. Okay. Oh, I don't go north. I see. You don't go north of there. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no reason. True. I mean, Mermaid Oyster Bar is in between 23rd and 24th. Yes, the Mermaid Inn. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when I found a bunch of money on the the ground at MoMA and we went there? That was New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Was it? Or no, like it was around. It was around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatest day of my life. For food reasons. (sighs) I love getting free food. <laughs> Who doesn't? <brother? laughs> Jesus. Like, All right. Yeah, let's move on. I we, we have some ground covered that I mentioned last week we didn't cover. Oh, okay, okay. Let's cover it. 